Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. A recent article from Scientific American caught my eye. The headline was this. Social media has not destroyed a generation. And immediately, I felt a surge of skepticism. I'll share some quotes from the article and my opinion after this message from my sponsor. Advanced security, internet freedom, complete privacy. That's what you get with NordVPN. Imagine NordVPN as a hack-proof encrypted tunnel for online traffic to flow. Nobody can see through the tunnel and get their hands on your internet data. NordVPN gives you peace of mind each time you use public Wi-Fi, access personal and work accounts on the road, or want to keep your browsing history to yourself. Try it out today. Matter of fact, you have nothing to lose with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Simply go to jimstroud.com slash secure. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D slash secure, S-E-C-U-R-E. In fact, as a special offer to my listeners, go over to jimstroud.com slash secure and get your copy of NordVPN for 75% off. Now, this is only for a limited time, so act fast. One more time because I'm trying to look out for you. JimStroud.com slash S-E-C-U-R-E. That's JimStroud.com slash secure. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. The overall sentiment of the article is telling us all to calm down. Sure, heavy use can lead to some problems, but more studies are needed before equating giving children smartphones with handing them a gram of cocaine. (laughs) Here are some quotes from the article. Quote number one. Because social media is so new, the science investigating its effects is also new. The earliest study Hancock could find that examined social media use and psychological well-being was done in 2006. It came as no surprise that early approaches were limited. Physician Brian Primack, who headed the Center for Research on Media, Technology, and Health at the University of Pittsburgh until moving to the University of Arkansas this year, likens the field to initial research on nutrition. He says, it took a while to say, let's split out fats and proteins and carbohydrates, and not just that, but let's split out trans fats and polyunsaturated fats, he says. It's important for anyone who's doing good research to adapt to what's going on. Primack points to his own early work, such as studies that looked only at overall social media use as examples of what will not cut it anymore. He says, you might be spending two hours a day clicking like on pictures of cute puppies. And I might be spending two hours a day having violent clashes about politics and religion and other hot button issues. Studies like my early one would count those activities the same. End quote. And here's quote number two. 
Teenage media use has been a particular concern because of the ubiquity of smartphones today and because adolescence is such a formative period of development. In choosing what to worry about, parents have followed scientists' lead, says psychologist Candace Odgers of the University of California, Irvine. They worry mainly about how much time their children spend online without giving equal attention to the critical question of what they are doing there. Odgers' own work suggests that amount of use is not the problem. In a study published online this summer in Clinical Psychological Science, Audgers Michalene Jensen, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, <laughs> of the University of North Carolina at Greensboro and their colleagues followed nearly 400 adolescents for two weeks sending questions to teenagers' cell phones three times a day. The study design allowed them to compare mental health symptoms and technology immersion daily as well as over the weeks of the study. Was media use associated with individual adolescents' well-being? The answer was not really. Routines in place at the start did not predict later mental health symptoms and mental health was not worse on days teenagers reported spending more or less time on technology. End quote. <laughs> well, I'm of the mind that social media does bear some responsibility for the negative mental health effects of a generation. But likewise, it has made a positive contribution as well. That being said, I have to ask myself this very important question. Are the social networking sites good for our children? Hmm, I'll debate that after this. Entrepreneur Kylie Jenner makes an estimated $1 million per sponsored post on her Instagram, which makes her the highest paid celebrity influencer on the social media platform, according to the 2018 Instagram Rich List compiled by Hopper HQ and Automated Instagram Scheduler. Jenner is followed by singer Selena Gomez, who gets $800,000 per sponsored post, and star soccer player Cristiano Ronaldo, who earns $750,000. Together, these and other up-and-coming stars contribute to the $1 billion influencer market, which is expected to double in value this year. Now, all that is great until there is an Instagram bug and you lose over a million followers, which happened to Kim Kardashian, Justin Bieber, and several others. If it could happen to them, it could most definitely happen to you. The moral of the story? Don't build your house on rented land. I suggest you do what I did and get your own mobile app with Superpass. Superpass makes cutting-edge content apps easy, instant, and affordable. So whether you already have content or are looking to start making money by selling your podcasts or videos online, Superpass can help. So sure, build up an audience on social media, but drive the traffic to a property you own and that property should be Superpass. For more information, visit Superpass at www.superpass.app. That's www.supapass.app. Superpass.app. And be sure to tell them Jim Strauss sent you. When it comes to social media, or anything substantive for that matter, there are studies that are pro and some are con. I'm going to share a few from both sides as they relate to social media and children from a website I've recently discovered appropriately named ProCon.org.
Okay, here's a pro. Social media sites help students do better at school. 59% of students with access to the internet report that they use social media to discuss educational topics and 50% use the sites to talk about school assignments. After George Middle School in Portland, Oregon introduced a social media program to engage students, grades went up by 50%, chronic absenteeism went down by 33%, and 20% of students school-wide voluntarily completed extra credit assignments. That's a pro. Here's a con. Students who are heavy social media users tend to have lower grades. 31% of teens say that using social media during homework reduces the quality of their work. Students who use social media had an average GPA of 3.06, while non-users had an average GPA of 3.82. One study found that in schools which introduced a ban on cell phones, student performance improved by 6.41%. Social media facilitates cyberbullying, obviously a con. 52% of students have reported being the victim of cyberbullying, with 84.2% naming Facebook as a site through which they have been bullied, followed by Instagram at 23.4%, Twitter at 21.4%, and Snapchat 13.5%. 17.5% of male students and 21.3% of female students have admitted to committing bullying behavior online. 54% of teens have witnessed cyberbullying, including on sites such as Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and Instagram. Middle school children who are victims of cyberbullying are almost twice as likely to attempt suicide. All of that, obviously a con. But there's a silver lining. Here's a pro. Hillsborough, California freshman varsity soccer goalie Daniel Kui was blamed for and bullied about a losing season until over 100 of his teammates and classmates changed their Facebook profile photos to one of Kui's making a save, silencing the bullies, and building Kui's confidence. Hmm. Here's a pro. Social media helps people who are socially isolated or shy connect with other people. More than 25% of teens report that social media makes them feel less shy. 28% report feeling more outgoing and 20% report feeling more confident. 53% of teens identified as somewhat shy or a lot shy in general. Youth who are less socially adept report that social media gives them a place to make friends and typically quiet students can feel more comfortable being vocal through a social media platform used in class. Here's a con. People who use social media are prone to, uh, are prone to social isolation. Social media can exacerbate feelings of disconnect, especially for youth with disabilities, and put children at higher risk for depression, low self-esteem, and eating disorders. The passive consumption of social media, scanning posts and without commenting on them, is related to loneliness. So the question is, are social networking sites good for our children? Well, after sharing all those studies and others, I still don't have a definitive answer. After all, I think back to my generation and how many of us grew up with our eyes glued to TV screens and we came out all right. 
even though there were concerns about too much TV having adverse effects on us back then. Maybe it all comes down to us just knowing our children and acknowledging that each child is different. Keeping in mind also that perhaps, just perhaps, us blaming social networking sites for a child's aberrant behavior could be a way to cover up our failings as parents in not disciplining our children enough. Just a thought. What's yours? If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can leave a comment concerning this podcast on my website at www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my website. Your continued support keeps this podcast train chugging down the track. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.